Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for not just the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch, the Thanksgiving Day edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We're thankful that you've joined us today, and today we're going to be going to a usual format that we do on this day, but it's different than what we do most days. Instead of good, bad, and crazy martinis most of the time, today we're going to be talking about the things for which we are politically thankful. We each have three of them lined up, and Jim, where do you start? Well, I'm going to start far away and then get closer to home. Um, As bad as the Russian invasion and the war in Ukraine is, You see all the images coming out of that country, the destruction, the death, the suffering. Um, It's all really bad. But every once in a while, it's easy to forget things could be much worse. So I am thankful that despite a lot of shelling uncomfortably close to several nuclear plants, we have not seen any nuclear plant get blown up. I am thankful that despite all of the talk and very ominous comments from Moscow about the use of tactical nuclear weapons, none of them have been used. And I am thankful that at least as of the time of this recording, the U.S. and NATO have not been dragged into the shooting war directly. Obviously, the U.S. and its allies are exporting a great deal of weaponry to Ukraine. I could understand the argument that the U.S. is in a de facto state of war or a proxy war against Russia. Uh, Not too long ago, we had that uh, rocket or or shrapnel or or some sort of rocket material that landed uh, they killed two people um, on the other side of the Polish border, and that uh, you know really had people freaking out. That really had people panicking and worrying. I had said in the immediate aftermath, like, well, it sounds more like an Article Four than an Article Five situation. You know, NATO has to be on alert. NATO has to be watching those borders very carefully. But it doesn't mean we have to start attacking Russia. This didn't look like a deliberate attack on the part of Russia, and there's really no reason for the U.S. or its allies to treat it that way. So as bad as things are, look, you know, there's been a global food shortage. We've seen all kinds of uh, terrible ramifications for world energy markets. The war, Russian invasion of Ukraine is really bad, but honestly, it could have been, it could be much, much worse. So far, it has not. Thank you, God, for not letting things get all aglow over there or anywhere else. No, absolutely right. Uh, the saber has been rattled countless times by. Uh, Vladimir Putin, you have to admire the resolve of the Ukrainian people, uh, vastly outnumbered, vastly outarmed in a lot of different situations. But uh, stopping the Russian drive to Kiev or Kiev or however we pronounce it now, uh, that was critical, obviously, in those first weeks of the war. And now the fact that, yeah, this did not uh, blow up into uh, a bigger conflict, uh, not just a world war, but potentially a, a full regional war. Uh, that is definitely something to be grateful for and certainly praying that it stays that way. Jim, I'm going to start a little closer to home and uh, probably the biggest thing for many conservatives that happened this year, <laughs> clearly not the midterms. No, it happened in June. It happened in June at the U.S. Supreme Court after more than 49 years. The U.S. Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, which is so good on a jurisprudence perspective, first of all. The constitutionality of that decision was always incredibly cringeworthy and incredibly weak from Justice Blackmun's opinion from back in 1973. But then, of course, for those who have uh, 
championed the scientific reality that life begins at conception and that these are human beings worthy of protection who are in the womb. And especially as you get into greater and greater scientific expertise that shows when they feel things, when they feel pain, the argument for the pro-life cause has gotten stronger and stronger over time. And of course, uh, overturning Roe v. Wade didn't end abortion in this country. It simply sent the issue back to the states to decide on their own what they wanted to do with it. In some of the deep red states, they went with uh, heartbeat level lines in the sand as to when abortions uh, should no longer be legal. Some went even more aggressive than that. Others went uh, you know, a little bit longer than that. Some of the deep blue states, including my home state of Michigan, with a constitutional referendum allowing abortion for any reason all the way up to the moment of birth. So in some of the blue states, uh, it feels like a gut punch. But uh, in some of the red states, lives are being saved. If you look at uh, some of the numbers coming out of Texas, for example, it's a big deal. And and as we said, when the decision came down, there's a lot of people on the pro-life side who just thought, whether it's the complexion of the court or, or whatever, that that day might never come. And it did come, and there's going to be more fights about this uh, state by state, and it's the way it should have been all along. And uh, for the five members of the Supreme Court that got that right, a hearty thank you. And uh, for those of us uh, who are ardent pro-lifers, a really, really great day, and hopefully a lot of great days for a lot of babies who might otherwise not have made it in the years ahead. All right, Jim, what's next on your politically thankful list? My second selection for what I am thankful for this year, I will turn to the midterms, which no getting around it, was a significant disappointment for the Republican Party and a significant disappointment for those of us who believed the uh, egregious mismanagement that we had seen from the Biden administration and Democratic control of Capitol Hill was going to spur some great backlash. It was not a great backlash. It was a modest backlash. But it proved to be enough to give Republicans control of the House that will stymie a great deal of the uh, legislative agenda of the Biden administration. That will provide opportunities for oversight hearings. Uh, I think you and I have pointed out that we want to see policy moves as well as oversight hearings on things like Hunter Biden's laptop and things like that. But divided government tends to provide a check on the excesses of both parties. And I'm glad that we got that under, you know, circumstances in this midterm election where winning control of the House was only a little bit tougher than getting the 200 on the SATs for signing your name. (laughs) Yeah, a disappointment to be sure, but at least inching over the goal line there. And we'll see what, uh, speaking of the goal line, we'll find out what happens with Herschel Walker uh, down in the Georgia Senate runoff, but hopefully he can get there too. And we'll be back to 50-50 because that could at least potentially uh, help to stop some some terrible things from happening there. But with Republican control of the House, there's a lot of things that will never get to the Senate. And that is a huge deal. And so uh, what can they accomplish with such a narrow majority? Uh, It's it's questionable. Uh, But hopefully there can be some consensus on economic policy, maybe cutting spending, although I'm a little bit dubious of that, especially with the Democrats still in control of the Senate, and hopefully on energy. Uh, I think uh, energy is the big area where this caucus uh, with such a narrow majority can actually unite and get some stuff done. And uh, the other thing, of course, is you never know what's going to get thrown at you. So yes, yes. Uh, While not the majority we wanted, uh, being able to set the agenda in the House, a huge relief and an important thing uh, over the next two years, and hopefully setting the stage for better election results in uh, 2024. All right, Jim, on to the uh, second thing that I'm most thankful for this year. And by the way, again, that was an excellent selection. And that is how many more people seem to be getting active in good ways in our political system. 
you can talk all you want on social media and you and I do, and a lot of people do as well. Uh, but if you just leave it there, it's questionable about how much good that's actually doing. So the people who are actually rolling up their sleeves and getting into this uh, are people that are you know, willing to take the slings and arrows, willing to spend the time, perhaps the money to make it known that they are going to stand up for the people who are most important to them. And that's their children. Uh, We've probably talked about this before in the wake of parents really digging into what their kids were learning during those virtual days on Zoom. Might make the teachers unions regret a little bit how long they kept kids out of the building. Uh, But nonetheless, parents paid attention. And from critical race theory to gender identity theory to all sorts of other things that's happening, books in the library. I mean, you've heard all about this. Parents going before their school boards, uh, making their voices heard, getting some policies changed, others not getting it changed, and then becoming candidates themselves and uh, making it known that they want a quality education for their kids. They want transparency from their local schools about exactly what's being taught, especially if they ask for that information, and on and on and on it goes. And so in some cases, those candidates won, which is great. In some cases, they didn't, and so the fight goes on. But the fact that this is now something that parents are keenly aware of uh, and uh, knowing exactly what's happening to their kids when they send them there for eight hours a day uh, is a, probably the best thing to actually to come out of uh, the pandemic. And uh, hopefully that continues. Okay, Jim, one more time. What's the final item on the things you're thankful for politically or otherwise this year? I struggled over my closing selection. I had a couple of different options. If you had put money that Jim was going to say the New York Jets are the third thing that he is thankful for this year. Uh, You lose. Uh, I'm not going to say I wasn't tempted. I'm not going to say I wasn't enormously thankful to have a season I can enjoy, at least so far, um, at least as of this recording. Um, But I I decided to go with something a little bit different, kind of a bigger picture. And I said I was going to bring it home in the last, in earlier in this podcast. So the first three letters in the word news are N-E-W, meaning new, which means the news is meant to tell you about that which is changing, and very often it's going to be bad news. Uh, the unemployment rate uh, is low, but the inflation rate is very high, and lots of Americans are having a hard time uh, affording things. Uh, people are very frustrated with learning loss during the pandemic, uh, as you alluded to in your discussion of upset parents. The news is going to tell you stuff that's going wrong in society. And we should hear about it. I'm not going to say that the news media is necessarily excessively pessimistic. We all know the mentality, if it bleeds, it leads. But look, part of the duty of journalism, part of what we're supposed to do is tell people what's going wrong so that something can be done to make things better. But in all of this, it's very easy to forget that this is still a good country and that there are still a lot of parts of this country that work. There are teachers that you hear who actually focus on teaching kids what they need to know. You don't see them on libs of TikTok because they don't put up videos about how they're going to indoctrinate kids and how much they enjoy teaching kids all this crazy stuff. There are plenty of employers who just focus on letting their workers do their work, make their widgets, put out the product, and who don't police their employees' uh, social media feeds or things like that. Um, there are all kinds of places that do want to give you the news. I like to think that Radio America and National Review are two of them. The fact that you know, when you see something in the media and you're like, that doesn't seem right, or that's biased, that's only half the story. They're not telling me the whole thing. You know that because other sources have told you <laughs> other facts that are you know not being emphasized in that particular report. That's how you know that, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with reality. That's spin. That's not actually accurate. 
So, you know, we are still protected by the greatest military in the world. We are still protected by uh, members of law enforcement who are fearless. They're not all perfect. I'm not saying that there's no issues there. But there's a, you know, there's a reason, like, you know, as bad as crime is, there are people who are trying to stop it. Uh, we are still treated by doctors and nurses who want to protect us from communicable diseases, as we saw in the last few years. We still have a lot to be thankful for. This is still a good country full of good people. And it's very easy to lose track of that when social media is showing you the freak show, is showing you the worst of humanity on a regular basis. That is not who we are by and large. And I hope our listenership never forgets that. So be thankful for the people around your Thanksgiving table. Be thankful for your neighbors. Be thankful for your friends. Be thankful for your community. And recognize that, you know, not everybody in the world has all those wonderful benefits that we do. Jim, it just hit me because we've been so busy with other stuff that three days from now, the Jets and the Bears play each other and the game's going to mean a whole lot more to you and the Jets in terms of playoff <laughs> positioning than it will to the Bears who are pretty much out of it at this point. So um, are you going to talk to me if things don't go well on Sunday? Because I still want to have a good podcast on Monday. <laughs> I think we will. Look, you guys beat us the last time we played three, four years ago. I think the biggest challenge, Greg, is going to be that because a, hey, why don't we go to the game proposal a couple of weeks ago <laughs> turned into a real effort that is now having one, two, three, four, five, six, seven members of my family, including my extended family, go to this game. And because we will be driving back from East Rutherford, New Jersey to the Washington, D.C. area, Northern Virginia, on the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, traditionally one of the busiest travel days of the year, in which Interstate 95 is usually a parking lot for at least three or four states, I'm hoping I'm back in time to tape on Monday morning. God knows how it's going to work out. I may get the school, the kids back to school in time on Monday morning. So <laughs> I know it's going to be very challenging. It'll be a more fun drive if the Jets win. We'll see how things shake out, Greg. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I don't know what Bears team to expect. Uh, the one that thrashes the Patriots on the road or loses to the Lions at home. Roll the dice. Tune in on Sunday and find out. Well, Jim, for my last one, I'm sure both of us uh, would have loved to have been in a position to say, oh, I'm so thankful for how awesome the red wave was. Uh, didn't happen that way. And elections matter. Would have been fine to be thankful for such a thing uh, because I think you and I would agree, and a lot of our listeners as well, that the direction the Democrats want to take us is not a good one on a number of levels. And it's really important to fight against that, to push for conservative ideas. And so that battle matters significantly. And it's great to be thankful for when things go well uh, and to be disappointed uh, when things go wrong. But what do you do in that situation? Well, like you said, you find out what you're thankful for because the sun does rise the next morning. It's going to rise, I assume, <laughs> for the most part over the next couple of years. And then, of course, there will be another 2024 cycle before we know it here. In fact, we already are. So when you wake up that morning after and things didn't go your way, if you're blessed to have uh, a loving spouse and, and kids who are excited to see you when you come home at the end of a very long day. Uh, that is uh, a phenomenal blessing as well uh, to have uh, friends who are with you every step of the way through, you know, the, the ups and downs of life, the things that don't get onto the podcast, you know, but uh, the trials and travails the, and the, the many positives that, that happen throughout the year. So that's something to keep in mind. And I don't usually get my theological advice from Hollywood, Jim, but uh which is a good rule of thumb for everybody. But Patricia Heaton, who uh, might be best known as the wife on Everybody Loves Raymond back in the day, uh, tweeted this out the morning after the midterms. For those of you who are Christians and who feel disappointed or despairing of the election results, it is a blessing to be reminded that our security does not rest in men or governments which are finite and will eventually crumble. But in God alone, 
who is ever sustaining. So uh, for those who have faith in Christ and uh, who have that assurance and you know there's something bigger than whatever your circumstances are going through now, uh, that is uh, an incredible comfort no matter what it is, whether it's uh, political setbacks, a health crisis, no matter what it is, uh, having that uh, having that comfort is huge as well and something else to be very thankful for as we gather here today and uh, hopefully with family and friends over the weekend. So Jim, as I always like to say at this time, incredibly thankful for this podcast and thankful for our listeners. And I'm especially thankful uh, that I get to do this with you five days a week. Uh, it is still by far my favorite part of my day and uh, being able to talk through the things that uh, thrill us and bug us to death uh, and, and being able to vent about it with you is uh, cathartic in and of itself. So I'm thankful for that too. Well, this, the feeling is mutual, Greg. I hope we can bring list, a little bit of laughs, a little bit of joviality to our listeners. Uh, one of my recurring mottos is we laugh because otherwise we would cry. The world is not always a happy or cheery place, but if we can get you through the day, tell you what's going on, give you a little bit of insight or you know knowledge or some sort of better understanding of things, and laugh along the way and feel like things are going to be okay, then I think we're you know we've done our job. So let it continue, and I hope everyone out there has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Very good. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with another special edition, and that will be our Black Friday gifts. Jim and I come up with uh, gifts that we would like to give. We're not actually going to do it, I don't think, uh, but what gifts we're going to give uh, to prominent political figures uh, heading into the holiday shopping season here. So, Jim, enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy this time with your family and friends. Uh, do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Tell a friend about us as well. Thanks for your great uh, ratings and reviews. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch Podcast. As long as you're going into the Christmas shopping season, don't forget to order a bunch of copies of Gathering Five Storms and the accompanying short story, Saving the Devil, for your family and friends. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thanksgiving. Join us tomorrow for our next special edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We know there's so much craziness going on in the news these days, but don't worry because we're here to talk about it all. The GOP lost the Senate, proving that the red wave was overly optimistic and polls cannot be trusted. Plus, Trump is stirring up drama within the Republican Party at a time we all need to be coming together. Hey, it's the Chicks from the Chicks on the Right podcast. Download and subscribe to our daily podcast to hear us pick apart and pick on the news of the day. Politics to pop culture, nobody's safe, but it's all fun. Subscribe on iTunes wherever you get your podcasts.